that was so fucking scary to me. Am I going to be one of those women in 2019 that fucking dies during childbirth? Like, am I going to bleed out here? We used to be kids. Now we're not. Something happened in between. This is the Broken Youth Club. Yeah, so Jen and I uh, grew up in a house that had one bathroom. And uh, because she's older and I'm younger, I did everything I possibly could to annoy her always. Um, So pretty much any time you would go into the bathroom, I would immediately need to go. Whether I needed to go or not didn't matter. Frantic. Not like like a tap tap. It was like a bang, bang, let me in. (laughs) And um, one time she just like held strong. She was like, no, I absolutely am not going to get out of here. But I actually did, in fact, need to shit. Um, it was and the I boy was... who cried wolf. <laughs> but it was a situation. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I had to have been what? Like 12? You t- Old enough. Old enough. Yeah. And so instead, I had to run outside. And my parents had like an old <laughs> clothesline outside. And so I grabbed onto it and took my pants completely off and like pooped right there. And like, you know where that clothesline is, Logan. It's Dude, like it's literally like 15 <laughs> feet from the front door. <laughs> Very close. Very Keep close in mind, we have a whole like you know, forest behind us. Yeah, we have five and a half acres at that house. She could have like hid, hidden. Yeah, Yeah, no, I won't, in fact. So you're going to watch me. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I thought I was all good. And so I go out there to do that. And um, she, in fact, didn't need to go to the bathroom. And as soon as she heard that I was actually going to go outside, she runs out with my parents' like fucking camcorder or something. I don't even know. I don't even, I'm surprised we even owned something. It was, no, I saved, no, it was mine. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, it was mine. So anyway, she's coming out and filming me. While I'm taking a giant shit in the yard. And then I didn't bring toilet paper out. And she, of course, wasn't going to be helpful. Sure. So I go inside to clean myself up. And then I come back outside. And Sam, our giant sheepdog sheep that I talked about in the last episode, was eating my shit that I had just <laughs> it was laid bad. It was bad. in the yard. And I'm so hopeful that nobody ever finds that tape. Because that... The thought of that tape, that tape has crossed my mind so many times. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and honestly, I know exactly where those tapes are because I've moved so many times, especially in the past three years that like I have a bag and it's like one of those like craft like paper bags no. and it's full of all my tapes and I have a log. <laughs> <laughs> so my goal is to like digitize them. No, no. <laughs> but um, I'm so curious because I don't, I feel like I remember not enjoying the fact that you were recording, but I would love to know what my actual reaction was whenever you come out of that door with a fucking... <laughs> Camcorder glued to your hand. Being horrified enough, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine I'd be way more horrified. I'm a little surprised I didn't make you immediately pop it into the VCR so I could watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the many treasure troves mm. that I have. If you ever find it, please send it to me. Yeah. 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 Because I'll want to see it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe um, I'll bring it for Christmas. Oh wow, what a treat. <laughs> hey Saichin, it's me. This is my house. Here's me shitting in the fucking yard. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anyone listening can tell uh there is a third person in studio today, this which is a is special episode. So strange. Um, we didn't necessarily like plan for this to happen, but um Jen is in town for a very different thing that we're gonna talk about at the end of the episode. Mm. Um, and so we just thought maybe it'd be cool to 
bring her in and uh, get a third person's perspective yeah, on sure. the email we were going to read today. Okay. So, yeah. Do we need to like say anything about Jen as a human? Well, yeah. Why don't you introduce She's her? She's older than me <laughs> first. Let's start there. She's yeah. older than me. A lot of people seem she to think 67. she's- 67. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people Much seem older. to think Jen is younger than me, which feels rude, but it's just because I've had three kids and I'm tired all the time. And yeah. Jen- uh, gets to live her life exactly as she wants to with her husband and um she is well rested and i'm not so she's older okay um but yeah what else would you like to say about yourself Ooh. um well i think probably my favorite thing about our relationship i mean we have like a, a really fun relationship but i think my favorite thing about my relationship with both of you guys is that you've given me the best little nephews. Oh, yeah. And um, it took me a long time to find my partner, Saichin. And so I just kept, like, d- dating and thinking, like, I could never have kids with any of these people. And um, and so I just it kind of felt, like, out of reach for me to, like, even have the thought of having kids. And so your kids became, like... Even more so than a typical, I feel like, aunt and nephew relationship. I was just like, mm. like yeah, huh? they're mine. <laughs> yeah. Which um, is like such a blessing because it's, I know that even though we, we have never lived in the same place since I've had kids, which, which is, is a total yeah. bummer. Uh, I do know that like, realistically, I could always um, get you to watch the kids, whether it was like when you lived in Nashville and we lived in Indiana and we could just like run them over to you. Yeah. Uh, or even now I was like, I just asked you today if uh, if Logan and I ever wanted to go on a trip, could we just drop the kids with you? And you without a beat, you're like, oh, yeah, for sure. And now I'm like mad that we haven't actually done that yet. Yeah. So we need to put it on the calendar. Yeah. So I think like one of my um, I think anyone who has a sibling and it's I don't know, like I guess most people probably don't have the experience we've had where you guys dated for so long. And like yeah. I knew Logan when he was like a kid. Mm. And um, I don't know. There's like a difference in a relationship mm-hmm. as soon as like. For us, like when Ollie was born, it was like I looked at Logan differently because he was now like, you were a part of our family, but now you were like, definitely not going anywhere. You're a part <laughs> of our family. <laughs> um, and I got to see like you guys in such an intimate space. Like I was there when you had Ollie and I was there when you took him home. And so it's it's just been like a really fun season. And um, yeah, and now it's like weird because you guys, even though I am older, you guys have done a lot of like the adult things before me. Like you bought a house before me, you had kids before me, you got married. And so it's like now I'll probably, and I hope, I mean, I hope Sachin and I can have kids. They'll be calling you and being like, what does it mean when there's a butt rash? Like <laughs> yeah. is, when's a butt rash too bad? Or like, yeah, what is this? How do you break a fever or whatever? Yeah. So um, a lot of my yeah. solutions to those things are probably not things you're going to want to follow anyway. Cause yeah. I'm like, I think it's fine. They're fine. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see like what Saichin's perspective is on a lot of that stuff just because he was raised in like a completely different culture. So, yeah, I'm what? excited. Like when you told me that Saichin was coming over for like, uh, yeah, just a, a good American Christmas morning. And, yeah. And out here, we're pretty guaranteed to have snow. Oh, yeah. You know, so we'll have that element we'll have of it. Yeah. That and like the kids. I mean, Saichin's been here for like. How many years? Almost 10? So, no, you guys, it was funny. I heard your last episode where you were saying like 10 or 15. He's only been here, I think, for like eight years. Oh, mm. I didn't know I'm that. I'm so terrible with dates, but I think it's like more like eight years. Um, So, yeah, newer and has definitely like been adjacent to a Christmas, but not definitely not with like a big like with kids. And Yeah. We almost got him to your house that first year. Yeah. That we were dating. Um, I think he came like the day after or something. But, yeah. But yeah. So 
be fun. I'm excited. The kids love him. He loves the kids. He's obsessed with the kids. Like, yeah. so it'll be really fun. Which I think is such a, like, what, it's like an immediate, um, like, bonus point on someone's character when they don't have kids and they're in their mid-30s, but they really love to be around kids. Yeah. Because, like, I used to really like kids when I was little, and I don't know if it's getting older or if it's because I have my own, but it's like, I just, listen, I like kids, but I'll just like them a little less. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm less likely to just want to babysit well, other yeah. people's kids. I got enough. And if I don't have my kids, I don't want your kids. You yeah. know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, so that I'm, I'm super excited for Sachin to come out and like, especially because we don't have family around us now. Uh, we like try to really hit all of the milestones at Christmas time now. So like yeah. we do the sledding, we do the snowmen, we do the gingerbread houses, we bake cookies. We this like is like Christmas boot camp. For really try to live it up. Yeah, yeah, like get in here and do all the so, yeah. do all the things. Yeah, something to be cool. But um, last thing before we get into the email for today, um, Logan, I've talked a couple of times about um, Logan's Hey There CD. Do you remember um, when you were living in Atlanta? And I came for Thanksgiving and I actually ruined that trip for you for a related but separate reason. Um, I do remember that. <laughs> do you remember? Not a great family <laughs> Thanksgiving. Hmm. Um, do you? What are you referring to? You guys are laughing so hard. You got to let people in on what you're laughing about. It's um, It's I let it slip at on that trip that uh, you and I had exper- experimented orally. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't think really anybody at the family dinner table is ready for that. Yeah. And Jen was quite displeased yeah. with that advancement in our activity. I shouldn't want to know about it. You were upset. You Fair were enough. you did not. But anyway, do you remember the CD? Do you remember me playing it for you guys? No, I think I was still shy. I, I, you were too no. pissed. You were like, fuck this dude. Uh, I think I was just like... <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough. I'll have to play it for you so you can hear it okay. again because it's actually you don't have. I mean, you don't have to. I definitely have oh, to play so it again. So cute. <laughs> oh my god. I'm still working on it, you guys. It'll be on the Patreon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh man. Um, okay, so it's been a while since we have read an email. So mm-hmm. I thought I would get into that. Um, this one is really long, so um, Forgive me for any blunders that I have whenever I'm reading through it. Feeling a little chapped. Like my lips are chapped, which Mm. makes me like sad that I'm probably going to be a little like mouth clacky. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Ready. Go for it. This may jump around a bit. So buckle down. In 2016, my wife and I got married. About nine months later, we made the decision to move from Memphis, Tennessee to Detroit, Michigan. Her family's from Michigan, while all I've ever known and loved, mostly family and friends, have been in the South. Even though I was completely on board with moving, I still hurt, obviously, to say goodbye to everyone I had met and loved and then moved 12 hours away. Note, this did put a strain on my already strained relationship with my side of the family. At first, we lived on a mattress in a basement with our two cats and dog. Luckily, we moved in with some of her family, but it was still uncomfortable. We both got jobs with great benefits, decent pay, and we bought our first Midwestern home. Fast forward to April 2021, 
my wife gives birth to our beautiful, amazing son in the middle of the COVID pandemic. We were locked down in the hospital for six days when we were expecting and packed to be there for four. There was a lot of misinformation from the hospital staff that honestly kind of that honestly kind of could have been a lot of damage to both my wife and my son. I'm going to spare a lot of the details, but if you'd like, I can send you a link to my wife's TikTok where she did a series telling her side of this. After a lot of frustration and complications, we finally left on the sixth day. Three months after our son was born, one of my brothers passed away. Even though it was kind of expected, he had been hospitalized after getting hit by a car months before, had been in a coma at one point, had a hole put in his throat to help breathe, etc. It hit me harder than I expected. He was my favorite sibling. We both played guitar, loved music, basketball, smoking weed, playing games, etc. He was the only sibling that I, to be honest, actually enjoyed hanging out with. I, for some reason, decided not to travel down south for the funeral. I didn't want to leave my wife and still pretty new kid at home, and I just didn't want to face the truth that he had passed. My mom and another brother sent me pics of his house as he had several guitars and let me pick one to keep. I ended up getting his ESP Kirk Hammett Ouija signature guitar, Fender Mm. tube amp, some pedals, um, a couple guitar straps, one signed by Paul Reed Smith and one signed by Buddy Guy, and a B.B. King signed poster. I'm only mentioning all of this because I feel like the musician and Logan would appreciate how cool <laughs> I was my brother say, that's was. That's some pretty good stuff. Like, dude became friends with B.B. King before he passed, was gifted a Lucille from B.B., had a pick with him that I luckily got a copy of, etc. Wow. Three months later, I got the worst phone call of my life while I was at work. One of my brothers had called me, again, strained relationship and rarely talked to each other, so I knew it couldn't be good. And said, you might need to sit down. I'm at work. What's up? Dad's gone. I broke down at work immediately. This was my stepdad technically. Honestly, had only solid parent- honestly, the only solid parental figure I had in my eyes. My mom was addicted to gambling. It's how she made her money. She didn't have a job. So she never showed up to any of my shows when I did solo acoustic acts, never came to marching band, concert band, or jazz performances, competitions, etc. Our bio dad never came around pretty much because of his failed relationship with our mom, or at least that's what he told me when he tried to make amends before we moved. Anyway, I went home from work. My wife and son were shopping with her mom. When I was on the way home, she asked me if I wanted them to come home or if I wanted to have a moment alone. A moment alone. I got home and fell to my knees and cried and screamed. Like the kind of scream that you'd imagine in a movie or a show. Just wailing, shaking, sobbing, white noise. I felt like in the midst of this cry, I felt something snap and change within me. Something broke. I also realized that my son would never meet the greatest grandpa. This realization breaks my heart every day. Around this time, childhood trauma had resurfaced that I had pushed deep, never told anyone. With the recent deaths, I knew I'd have to get this out or it could possibly ruin me. I decided to tell my wife the next day. I remember putting on my Time Suck digital dream tea, thinking Nimrod be with me and the cult has my back. I mean, it does literally say cult of the curious on the back. And I went into the living room. She could immediately tell something was off, asked what was wrong. Tears filled my eyes and I felt like I had a frog in my throat. I decided to type it all out and let her read it. Well, y'all, here it goes. 
When I was around seven or eight, my parents got divorced. My mom moved out, leaving our dad with this new house that he rarely stayed in. The house pretty much became abandoned with us in it. Still had electricity and water, but we were kids and didn't clean it or keep up with it. And it had dog shit all over the house. My two eldest siblings had a neighborhood friend that one of them was in a band with and hung out with all the time. We looked up to this friend, thought he was cool, and of course wanted his approval. Quick note, how the siblings were the oldest, one year difference to the second sibling, nine years difference to the third, so 10 years between the two blonde blue eyes, and one year difference to me, so 10 years difference between the brown hair, brown hazel eyes. One day this friend and the second oldest sibling, 10 years older than me, were at the house wrestling with us. We were huge into WWF at the time. They'd just slam us into the couch, hanging out, whatever. Well, this friend was bored, I guess, and convinced the the third sibling, one year older, and me to strip and urinate on each other as him and my second oldest sibling laughed. The second sibling would also beat us younger two brothers a lot of this time. I remember him trying to smother the younger one with a pillow several times. I never told anyone this until I told my wife and now Broken Youth Club because I was embarrassed and honestly felt like we weren't molested or raped like it so it didn't matter or couldn't consider it abuse since we agreed to it as they bribed us with fucking video game demo. Not even a full game. How fucked up for them to bribe a little kid to do this shit for their amusement. How fucked up for our brother to stand there and not stop his friend from asking us to do it. I've tried to bring it up to the younger brother and he denies everything. It never happened. Shut up. Never brought it up to the second oldest. Obviously, my wife was horrified and gave a lot of fuck them. The end of the long talk, we both agreed it that I needed to get therapy at this point. Both life and work had been crumbling my mental state and to better myself and hopefully ensure I could give my best to both my wife and my son. I completely agreed. This email is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sadly, I could only afford about three months of it, but I was completely honest and got as much as I could out within this time. Mm. A few months later, one of our fur babies, my wife's cat, passed. She was the favorite of the three animals and it broke our hearts. Almost exactly a year later, my cat suddenly passed. I believe animal lovers and pet owners have at least one soul pet, like a soulmate, but your furry friend. This cat was my soul pet. This fucking hurt. I lost my best friend. The furry fat fuck, lovingly, was always in my lap, sleeping next to me or on me. He was always there. In the middle and after both of these pet deaths, there were many breakdowns. There were many times I felt like I was at my breaking point. I didn't know how much more pain I could take. My wife, even though she was hurting and breaking down too, picked me back up. She's always been my rock and I always try to be hers when I can. She hasn't seen me at my highest, you know, with dreams and shit, but she's certainly seen me at my lowest. I I know it broke her to watch her husband deteriorate his mental health over and over again. I thank her every day for all the love and support she continues to show me and our son, of course. Fast forward to today, I've left a toxic workplace to go to two different places and find out the grass isn't always greener. I'd rather go work with some of my best friends that work at a place that is toxic, but the positives outweigh the negatives at this point. Focus on my dreams and have some sort of mental peace. 
started a podcast with my brother-in-law a few months ago and I've loved every moment of it. One day, the third sibling texts me out of the blue and said, I heard your podcast. I heard you podcast. I podcast as well. And then went on to show me a screenshot video of him scrolling through all of their episodes and trying to brag about it. Well, let's say it's a good old boys, very one-sided, it seems, kind of podcast and not my cup of tea. I listened to a random episode and happened to hear a story that he told about me where he and his asshole friend convinced me to do something for their entertainment when we were all teens. So needless to say, I won't be listening. My podcast started doing episodes twice a week on Twitch, and here's the kicker. The second sibling tunes in every week and is in the chat. Mm. Now, since on my pod, we talk about trauma and childhood memories, while we also talk about other stuff, not plugging anything, so I'm not mentioning what the names of mine or his podcasts are. But wouldn't it be something if I ended up mentioning trauma that he gave to me? Love everything you guys do. Love hearing the dynamic between you two. After hearing so much about Kate from the Bad Magic podcast, I'm so happy to get to hear from her. You two are amazing people. You're amazing together and truly inspirational. Yeah. Well, thank you for sending that in. Um, yeah, it's. I feel like I I want to immediately say after all these like that's a lot. I know. <laughs> you know like I know. And uh, <clears throat> I have a. I have a hard time straddling that line of like, I don't want to give like advice advice, but other than I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're hanging in there and you seem to be on the right path as of right now. So, um, um, but yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. I felt like when I read through it, I immediately could kind of just like, uh, relate to a lot of things in it. Um, so I think just starting with like the move, um, all of us have moved from home. Uh, I know for us, it's been hard in a lot of ways and good in other ways. Um, And we've talked about that a lot. But like, I don't feel like I've ever I know that it was hard for you to be gone, especially once I started having the kids. But like, I feel like before that, I always just assumed you really liked it because you had like a cool job and you were like so independent. Like, I thought you just kind of were like living the dream. But I think I wasn't obviously like probably thinking about some of the harder parts of it for you too. Yeah. Um, So I moved straight out of college, actually a little bit before I was done with college to Nashville and did an internship and then stayed there um, for about a year. And then I think about a year, year and a half later, I moved to Atlanta, which Mm -hmm. was substantially further away from um, our home. So at that point, that point I was like eight hours away which is like not a big deal for a drive, but I was only there six months total. And I think maybe the first month I was there, I got, well, the first week I was there, I got robbed. Mm-hmm. I came home while in the middle of the day to get my mattress delivered while we were being robbed by this man. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm like, dad always said I'm book smart, but I am like, you know, kind of like street dummy. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> I literally like parked next to the person robbing us and was like, damn, that guy is like, that must have been like a bad breakup. Like, I mean, they, at this point, like cookie sheets were coming out of the <laughs> of the apartment. So I didn't recognize any of the stuff because I had moved in with a friend who was already living there. I hadn't moved much of my stuff because I didn't have a lot. Um, but he'd already gotten all my worldly possessions, like my Nintendo <laughs> out, and was like down to our freaking cookie sheets. Like, who steals those? 
So anyways, the guy watches me walk up to the door, takes off, and then I like realize our door's unlocked and <laughs> I walk in and like, oh, gosh. Eh, all of our stuff's gone. And, um, you know, it was just, it was bad. He, he like had seen my car. He had seen me. So we had to like literally leave the neighborhood. We had to move out of the neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was bad. We had to live with my friend's boss for a little bit. Um, so that was like my intro to Atlanta. And then I swear it was like two months later, mom had that freak thing happen. I don't even know what it was that oh, burst inside of her. Her appendix. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That was so crazy. Mm-hmm. Dude, talk about like some trauma for you. I felt so bad because mm-hmm. at that point I'm gone. I'm like, you know, just because I was five and a half years older than you. I stayed home with you like during the summers and stuff. I was like kind of responsible for you or whatever. So it was like, I was used to more of like a caregiver position, even though I was way more afraid of everything than you. Um, (laughs) But but, like you had to take on so much of that because that was before cell phones were like super common. Like our parents didn't have one. Yeah. Mom and I shared one. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I I think it was the only way that mom could like (laughs) let me have one and it not make dad mad because dad was very much like well you can't have one until jen got one. Oh, yeah that's dad is like dad. the fair parent yeah. and mom was like but she's driving and all of her friends have yeah. it so we like shared one but it was shit. i remember i still had to use a payphone when i was in high school like <laughs> yeah volleyball practice got done early <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so anyways it was like this big traumatic thing where mm-hmm. moms like felt sick felt sick didn't go to the doctor and then basically was like knocking on death's door and yeah i drove her to the doctor's office in gosport indiana and they look they took one look at her and they're like get her to the hospital now i can't believe they didn't call an ambulance i'm only assuming mom probably told them i'll just take her because they didn't want to pay for it yeah but like we got to the hospital and she had to like immediate emergency surgery yeah and then she said that when they like cut her open, she literally like squirted out like oh. so much mm. had just like, yeah, she was like, I don't know if she's going septic or what, but it was, yeah, it, it was, was bad. really bad. Yeah. I remember some, someone saying like, if she had waited another like half hour, like yeah, she would have died. Bad. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, so I'm, I'm eight hours then feels like an eternity. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I'm at work. I get this call and I'm, and it's bad. I mean, you're sobbing. Um, dad gets on the phone with me. I know, I know what it was. You said at one point, um, Hey, I just heard dad talking to the doctor and they were like, you may not want to leave tonight. She may not make it like, Oh, they made fuck. S- why would I say that to you? You told it to me. And I was literally at that point on a plane. My roommate had like found a flight for me home and I'm like sitting on the plane. And it's like about to take off. And you tell me, that. I'm like, Oh my God. Like it was uh, dude terrible. So yeah, like I can sympathize with moving away and it not being like the smoothest transition. Um, and then, yeah, you miss out on, I think, just being close to people when they need you. So, like, similar to this this person, it's like, you know, the idea of things happening to your family, um, to people who, for a chunk of your life, like, you saw them day in, day out. Like, you yeah. saw their highs, you saw their lows. Like, that's a thing to not be in close proximity to them Yeah, when that kind of stuff <clears throat> happens. When I thought, too, whenever he mentioned uh, his brother passing, and immediately made me think of when we first moved out here, uh, your grandma, which was the last living grandparent that you had, Mm -hmm. uh, was not well. uh, And we kind of knew when we were leaving that that was likely us saying goodbye to her also for forever. And then we were out here for what, like a couple months. And then she. Oh, I don't even know what she died when we were on our way out here. 
Oh, really? Do you not remember that? It was well, I just on remember it was like here. so. F- it was so soon after we got out here that it was like we can't even turn around and go back. Yeah. Like we didn't have the money. We had spent so much money to like move ourselves out here, uh, and then we were still carrying the mortgage back home for yeah. you know a year and I a do half yeah, or so. but I I do remember that feeling of like it just sinking in because she had her hospital bed in the living room and. You know, I said my goodbyes, like you said, like, I know this is going to be the last time I get to speak to her. But then that, like, you just look over your shoulder and then you walk to the door and then out of sight. And then, like, that's like, that's it. That is the threshold of, like, that's the last time I will ever see this person. Mm -hmm. Because I knew, yeah, we were, we were, like, literally the next day or a couple days later, we were headed out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's that... I can sympathize on the fact that, you know, you lose someone who means a lot to you, but I, I haven't, I haven't lost a parent yet. Yeah. I haven't lost a sibling sibling or, or a spouse, you know, like I haven't had, I think that deep connection yeah, again, the closest would be, yeah, my grandparents, I would say. I feel like all of the loss that we have suffered have been losses that you almost expect, right? Like you expect yeah. to not have your grandparents live your whole life. We don't have, we haven't had our, we, our parents are still alive. So we don't have like yeah. a parent that has died young. We don't even think about our siblings dying because what if that's <clears throat> us, you know, like we are not allowed. No, the <laughs> yeah. fuck. Right. So it's like every, all the loss that we've said, we haven't even had like a really, really close friend pass. So it's like, we just haven't been hit with that that big. No, we did have, I mean, the other, so when I came back from Atlanta um, shortly, I mean, I, I didn't even finish out my lease in Atlanta. It, it was a long time after that, but we had then another time that you called me and it was one of those classic, like, are you sitting down? And I'm like, oh God, here we go. And dad was in the hospital and had to have that yeah. heart. He was on, in an ambulance oh, on the way to the hospital. So that was another no. time that I was driving home and was just like, mm-hmm. Like, am I going to make it there to even get to say goodbye? Yeah. Um, Well, that was so scary, too. I remember. So that was when we were living in Spencer and um, Arlo was new. um, And mom called me and she was hysterical. And she was like, Kate, your dad's in an ambulance. He's he just had a heart attack. And she's like, that's when she like broke. Right. She's just like and I'm like panicked, dude, like immediately shaking my hearts because like I hear heart attack and I think like oh people don't survive that you know yeah. like or oh that's a big deal I'm like not our dad you know like well I mean our dad's like a mountain man yeah well, like, he, he looks no, like a mountain man it's there's like, no way like there's no way um and I just remember being so frantic in that moment I'm like immediately scream at Logan we have to get in the car we have to get in the car we have to get in the car and uh like rush over and I'm I asked mom on the phone I was like did you call Jen? Do you need me to call Jen? And she was like, yeah, will you call her? I, I didn't call her yet. And that was like a really hard phone call to make for you because I didn't have all the information yet. And I knew you would ask questions. Yeah. And I'm like, she's going to ask stuff that I just don't know. Um, That's like my way of like having some sense of control in an out of control situation is like, okay, like I need to just document what, like, what do we know? Yeah. What's being done? Like what's the plan of action? Like yeah. it's very like methodical in my brain. Like, Cause that's the only way I can like wrap my head around something that just seems so like, what? 
(laughs) Which is so, it was one of those like moments for me where it was so evident of like how differently we maneuver through shit because I was so panicked and hysterical and like one track, get in the car, we have to go. And I called you and I remember like saying it and you were just like, okay. Uh, And then you just started asking questions. You were like so calm about it where I'm like, well, then I got in the car and was like stupidly driving, like doing that, you know, like the hysterical, like, um, but I just remember feeling so bad. It was like, I wish in that moment I could have like, the thought wasn't even, I wish that she could just be here. My thought was, I wish I could be with her to then make the drive with her because I knew like I'm 30 minutes from the hospital with my husband and my kids and I'm frantic and I can't imagine. And I'm four hours with my having- dog sobbing <laughs> in the car. <laughs> like, oh Benji God. in the front seat. Like, and it was oh. like, I knew you were also going to be driving like at night. I feel like this was like late afternoon-ish when it had happened, almost around dinner time. Yeah. And so it was just like... I feel like I remember having a true... in, in a, Like a disbelief. Yeah. Of like I didn't... I didn't panic at all for whatever reason. I I had a like, nah, Nah, there's no way. That's not true. No way. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, and I don't, I didn't panic. And I don't know if that was just like, it's a good uh, thing you did a shock almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you just recognize that that would have been so incredibly unhelpful to me that you were like, no, I mean, I definitely like as time passed, you know, as you know, the five minutes turned into a half hour into two hours, like, yeah definitely started to sink in of like oh you know like oh shit yeah but i definitely still like (laughs) overall i feel like i remember just having this feeling of like no he'll be fine yeah and i mean our dad was like the dad that literally also never got sick never like i mean we didn't get to see that i didn't want to but we didn't see that side of our dad like we could all be down with a stomach bug in the house growing up and dad'd be like get up go to work didn't matter (laughs) like chopping wood yeah chopping wood by hand no matter what still at 66 years old like yeah like he just was he felt so invincible so when that happened i'm like i immediately go to this place of like my dad never gets sick so for this to happen it's gonna like my brain went to bad and like i was so thankful that like even though your mom logan your mom and i like we weren't in a like great spot your mom worked at the hospital so I could yeah. like when we got to the waiting room and mom was talking to like whoever was, you know, the nurse or whatever uh, that was running the floor at that moment. Your mom like came up mm. and asked who the surgeon was and was like, oh, my gosh, she's so great. Yeah. Like was really comforting in that time. Mm-hmm. And then because you weren't there, even though I think it would have normally been your role to like call and tell people mom was too hysterical to call anybody. So then I had to call grandpa Bates, like my dad's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to call the aunts. And I and all of every single one of them, when I first said he's okay, but my dad had a heart attack, all of them were like, Neil? Yeah. Like, uh, Neil had a sure? heart attack? Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. are you calling the right person? Like, it was so because he I just and everything that has happened to our dad since then, on the aspect of just like he has never been the same health wise. Like yeah. felt like that took a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I think also having like Arlo and having that postpartum anxiety. Now I'm just like every phone call from them 
I'm like, is everything okay? <laughs> and like literally also like mom yeah. is not great sometimes when she calls. Yeah. She's like, hey, um, I just need to talk. We, we, and I'm like, is everybody okay? I'm like, immediately I'm like, <laughs> we're going to go just for like, we're going to just first <laughs> yeah. tell me, is anyone in the hospital? Is anyone on the way to the hospital? Is anyone dead? Like that's like first yeah. three things. And then you can give me your, whatever your spiel is. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not living near family. That's uh, so hard. Especially, yeah, and and now thinking about like when we moved, there was a part of me that was really excited to kind of have that little break because up until we moved, we lived like, you know, seven minutes for seven my parents, <laughs> and I we have such a good relationship with our with my parents and like they're so helpful with the kids and that was something that I definitely didn't take fully into consideration <laughs> in moving across the country, <laughs> um, but it also felt like, you know, I was just spending so much time with them that there wasn't a lot of. Uh, I felt like they were too involved in everything. Do you know what I mean? Like they just, they knew too much about every fight that we had or too much about our finances or too much about things that we were frustrated about. And so it felt like there was this kind of like almost third party involved in our marriage and our you life. You had an open marriage with yeah, mom and dad. Right? Like- yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like, y'all know too much, so we got to go. <laughs> um, but now being this far away, it is like, I think about, you know, we have the kind of like, uh, big scare with you that night that I had to call the ambulance uh, when we lived in Spencer. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous moving out here that like, man, if something happens with you, with your alcoholism, like I don't have anybody here that I can call. Like everybody is far away. There's no help to hurry and come over to us. So I think that it was like a very, I don't even know why I'm tearing up about it, but it was like, it felt really scary. I don't know. It felt like there were all these things that were happening in this span of a couple of years for me on top of the postpartum anxiety yeah. that just kind of created this bubble of like, oh, I'm so worried about everything all the time. Mm-hmm. But I also can't like show that because I didn't want you to. F- I knew you would go to like, oh, I feel bad that she has to worry yeah, like that because you're my husband and you're my partner. And for a while there, it just felt like I didn't really have someone I could like count on mm-hmm. you know because you were like fighting your own stuff so. yeah that's why I, well, i'm glad that i haven't had like an episode in a while i've had a couple since we've been here yeah um but not none real recently i wouldn't say right well and there's i mean there's a difference between i don't love when you have panic attacks but there's a difference between you having a panic attack and, and like, you having yeah, like an incredibly inebriated yeah. panic attack yeah Cause then it's just like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. And I, uh, I don't feel like, you know, we had a baby also in uh, May of 21 in the middle of the COVID pandemic, but that was, uh, that was such an easy birth compared to, I feel like we had a lot of stuff happen with Arlo. Um, that wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've ever talked about, but like, do you remember? Because you were in the room with Arlo too, right? The only one I missed was Simon. The only one you missed was Simon. me. For and it was because of COVID. I was not allowed to have another person. Mm-hmm. Well, I also had a stupid new job. Yeah, you did have a stupid new job. That was annoying for <laughs> sure. But um, <laughs> but um, but I was literally hired for one date and it just happened to be like the weekend Simon was yeah. It was like, we were hiring you for this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then that was sure. great. But do you remember with Arlo, one, do you remember when they gave me the, uh, what's the needle Epidural. in the dark? 
yeah, the epidural, and I like literally about fell off the fucking table mm-hmm. because the guy like hit a nerve. You remember that, yeah? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm very that was vividly. the worst thing I've ever experienced. I actually had this thought of like I started to get a little panicked because home. I'm not making this up. Dude came in. Listen, I love gold. But dude came in with like 18 chains on. And he's like in his probably early to mid 60s. Oh, yeah. He had a very young girl like uh, intern shadowing him or something. And it felt it felt like creep. Yeah. It was giving very creepy. What was the name of the hospital? Or uh, I guess the it was in it was in Bedford. OK, I'm trying to like remember. Yeah. Bedford, Indiana. But I definitely y'all. remember like seeing him come in. And my first reaction was like, all right, doc, I see you. <laughs> But then as soon as like, as soon as you, you let out that Yelp, I was like, hey, maybe those chains are a bad sign. Yeah. You know, like, hey, like, <laughs> I mean, this weird way, but yeah, I think he, you know, corrected course very quickly. But I, that th- was a primal scream. Oh, that I came mean, it was, from like your pelvis. It was, the, <laughs> I was in active labor. Scream. That was the worst, like immediate shock pain I've ever felt oh, in yeah. my life. Like well, nerve he, pain is like. Yeah, like he hit something that about made me fall off the fucking bed. See white, Um, (laughs) and and really like traumatized me so much when I I think I wasn't even realizing it. So that when we went in with Simon, I was like panicked talking to those nurses um, about the epidural because I was like the last one hurts so bad. Yeah, and she was like, "Babe, those aren't supposed to hurt like that. Like, it's supposed to be intimidating from the needle, but like." (laughs) It shouldn't have been like that. But then do you also remember after um, Arlo came out of me and I was like holding him, my fucking doctor also like announcing to everyone that I was hemorrhaging and I was bleeding all over the fucking floor. I didn't love that. Yeah. I also didn't love that. Like, hey, ma'am, could you say that discreetly to someone? Like, hey, get me some extra fucking gauze. Like, why you got to announce it? Like, because my immediate thought, which almost again, like. I think of these things and I'm like, is did this trigger the postpartum anxiety for me? Mm-hmm. Because I did not feel anxious as a person up to having Arlo. Yeah. But I had the immediate thoughts of like, am I going to be one of those women in 2019 that fucking dies during childbirth? Yeah. Like, am I going to bleed out here? Like, that was so fucking scary to me. Which is such a shame because your first doctor with Ollie. Oh, I loved him. He was the best. You remember he was I, so funny. I talked Kate into letting me bring my <laughs> my camera. <laughs> After the camcorder incident, I don't know why that came yeah. cameras anywhere. But I brought my camera into the labor room. Yeah. yeah. And your doctor was like, okay, um, it's gonna be about in two pushes. We'll step back. We'll give you like yeah. he was so he was the best. Yeah. He was so um, funny. And then also, um, this is going to be like a lot. I'm sure Jen's going to be horrified that I'm actually going to share this um, on a podcast for people here. But um, I had to get, uh, they asked me if I wanted an an episiotomy. Is that what that's called? Uh Which, Uh a side note, I don't recommend them. It's apparently much better and easier to heal if you just don't get that. And if you, you, you tear, you tear, and it's fine. Okay, listen, it's fine. My healing, my healing after the two others was so, I remember literally the day after having Arlo, I felt back to normal. Like, mm. and Ollie, I was sore for a while. Is, he, is that the only time you got this? The only time I got an episiotomy was with Oliver. It, go, it didn't treat you right. It did not treat me right because they sewed me up, you know, fixed me up after. And then. <laughs> this is like one of my, it is like totally horrific that you're about to share this, but it is one of my, my near and dear I love. <laughs> Of course, this would happen to you. Um, apparently, 
apparently what happened, my doctor says, um, my scar tissue started like protruding out from where my stitches were. And so um, I started to notice that like, hey, man, like something feels kind of weird down there, like on the outside. Feels a little feels a little weird, a little funny. And so I go and I sit down and he puts me up in the stirrups and he takes a look and he's like, oh, it's like you got little fingers down there. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's like, oh. it like a new growth. It's so funny. He was like, it basically looked like, like the 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 top knuckle up was just like sticking out, like waving hey. out of my scar, like like a half blown up like balloon glove. They were like, yeah, dude, like. <laughs> Like I have my own little like poppet from my okay. freaking. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. much. Don't make me put an explicit content burned, warning on yeah. this fair. episode also for that. Fair. He burned those off. It's good. We're all good now. Okay. okay. But next time, just let yourself rip. All right. It's fine. But yeah, dude, he was so great. And then my experience with Arlo was so fucking horrific. He also delivered your placenta, and we didn't even like. I don't even get any of us. I didn't realize that no, happened. Yeah. I didn't know that, that like a whole other thing came out and I was like, well, what's that? And they were like, yeah. she, just, she just gave birth to that thing too. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That You're twins? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just, uh, my birth with Arlo was really not great. So going into Simon, I mean, I'm so thankful because like uh, having a COVID baby really was just like shitty. There were a lot of doctor visits you weren't allowed to go to that was a bummer. So I don't think I actually don't think you were allowed to go to any of them unless it wasn't like an ultrasound, which we actually used a separate facility for that wasn't at the hospital. Which I for new time parents, that's something I think I would recommend personally is like find a a place outside of. Yeah. The first one, first time we went, do you remember that? We went to, I think it was the, I think it was in the hospital but it cost us so much money because oh. they didn't tell you what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They did the transvaginal one. It's like they were Do like... Do the giant fucking wand. Was it you I was just talking to the other... I was just talking to somebody else that had to have not an me. ultrasound yeah. for something else. I think it was not for a pregnancy. But it was like a 12-inch wand. Oh, my God. Bro. Like, <laughs> so... This mass... Ma'am? But I, I remember them breaking it out. they fucking shoved up in there. were, like, in pain. And holding my hand in like tears in your huge. eyes, and I remember like you're like it's the happiest moment we're about to see the baby. You're like, and then it was like, oh, actually, we have to use this because the baby's so small we can't even see it. And I'm like, why are you doing yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, what are you even up there yeah, for? They, it's like something wait. like they ordered it or something like just that. to find and we the heartbeat. So we were first time parents, so we didn't fucking know. We were like, yeah. I guess this is normal, whatever. But yeah, I remember that one cost us like. A it was, lot. It was like twelve hundred bucks, yeah. and we literally—you don't even get pictures with it. your baby's. Like, not even a yeah. real little thing yet. So you know? all the other ones, we went to just like um, like ultrasound facilities, yeah. you know, like privately owned. Like they a were a little medical park or whatever. They were way cheaper, even though like I don't think any of them that we went to like took our insurance, but it was still only like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, two three hundred dollars, I think. But they, yeah, and nice they little have, rooms like, and. And then we got to have the little like plushies with the oh, heartbeats yeah. in them oh, for all cool. of them. Mm-hmm. So, did yeah. you guys have the option? Like, was it commonly around to get the little like at home things? Because I've had two friends that have had, um, one of them had had a handful of miscarriages, and the other one did um, got Im- implanted. Is that the right? Place? Yeah. And so they they just have been like more closely monitoring their pregnancy, and they have like a little at home thing. 
And of course, they're not getting like the picture, but they can mm. at least hear the heartbeat yeah. and do the. I remember almost buying one of those with Arlo, but then it was like we ended up not doing it specifically because I thought if I go to use this and I can't find a heartbeat, find it, you're yeah. gonna freak out. I'm gonna freak myself yeah. out. So I'd rather just fucking goes wait. back to the like I'd rather just not know. And then, yeah, hmm. yeah, back to that whole hey, lie to me, tell me it's fine, everything's good. Mm. I'm actually kind of shocked you even let the doctor find out that you had fingers growing. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> surprised you didn't let that go on until yeah. they were down your yeah. kneecaps. And that's how you <laughs> Oh my god. And that's how you know. That's how you know that back then I wasn't an anxious person. I was curious. I wasn't if that had happened with Arlo, I'd have been like, "Oh, these are tumors." Like something's happening. Something's yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think you even were like, "Hey, what do you do? What well, are those?" I think mom looks at him and it was and everybody was kind of like, I don't remember seeing them. Everyone was a little bit like, "Uh, like, hey babe, that's that's a thing. That's not great." And for me, I was <laughs> Can't just more Google that. I was just like, "Well, that's weird, you know?" But now I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to die." Yeah. I'm going to die. I have a canker sore in my mouth. I'm going to, that's mouth cancer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, uh, I wonder how bitch. many other women who've had multiple kids, two or three, uh, have had a similar progression as you, uh, as far as like, you know, anxiety or intrusive thoughts and po- yeah. wrapped up with postpartum and all that. Or I wonder like how many women had like, not great experiences either during their pregnancy or during birth specifically with how their medical team handled them mm-hmm. and then also had either postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety a little more intensely because I hadn't I've never actually thought about that until this very conversation yeah but I just genuinely was not an anxious person I did not At feel all. stress yeah. ever I confusingly was, yeah. so and yeah, it went jealous. and it was like <laughs> yeah. overnight it was like overnight all of a sudden i don't even want to fucking ride in a car like all of these terrible intrusive thoughts came in and it's like i just wonder if any of that could be tied at all back to that specific birth experience yeah. because also remember we fucking went to the hospital to get induced for that fucking pregnancy drive there mind you this hospital was like an hour and 20 minutes from our fucking house we get there at 11 o'clock at night and they're like oh we don't have a bed for you and we you're and you were like what the fuck do you mean you don't have a bed for her and they were like you're gonna have to come back in the morning and (laughs) you're like i'm not gonna bring her back in 12 hours we just drove all the way here yeah and one of the nurses got shitty with you she was like well what do you want me to do put her in a closet and we're like i forgot about that oh do you remember it's like all coming back so pissed and and i was like be nice to them because they're going to deliver my baby. Yeah. Like I was afraid that they were going to like. I guess it's a, like no, but you can put someone else in one. Like, <laughs> like someone, someone's got to be on their way out. out. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Put but, put her in a wheelchair. Have her hold her baby. Put a nice light in there. Like someone. Will be, and what was so shitty about it too was like I had called the night before to yeah. like confirm yeah. like hey you guys still want me to come in right mm. because that was. There was this little bit of like, hey, there's a lot of women that have due dates close to yours. Um, So like I had some high blood pressure towards the end of that pregnancy with Arlo and I was going down and getting like weekly fucking ultrasounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so that's why they were like, well, we'll go ahead and just induce you a couple weeks early, which I only ended up getting induced like a few days early. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, yeah, we show up and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't even have a bed for you. I'm like. Yeah, I, I think did. it took a couple hours. It was after midnight before I got put in a bed. So we like mm-hmm. me, giant pregnant, so sad, fussy. You're pissed. <laughs> I don't do well in those type of situations because no. I that definitely... first room they put us in. You pushed like two plastic chairs together. 
to lay down. I'm sure I have a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. 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 It wasn't the and best that was, experience. dude, that was the fucking bitch of it too. Cause we were there and you were driving there from Nashville. I'm like, my sister is coming here. Yeah. She's driving mm-hmm. four hours. What do you want me to tell her to do? Get a fucking hotel room? Right. Like, no, we do. That was so shit. Yeah. There's definitely a sense of like, uh, we're working with, you because I guess technically we could choose another hospital if we wanted to. So it's mm-hmm. like we we chose you guys. We chose the the doctor that will be coming here. This is like I I feel like when you have a child, that like 24, 48 hour period. Yeah. You are supposed to be the royalty of Well, you don't want to feel war, like you're catching you know? someone with their pants down. And when you show up and they're like, we don't even have a space yeah. for you. It's Oops. like, uh, do you have a doctor? Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, you had like nine Which, to ten months to prepare for this, right? Yeah. You know, that's the way I felt about it. Also, it's funny like, enough, they didn't have a fucking doctor. Yeah. So then it was like my oh. doctor fucking rushed in the room at the very end. And I'm like, and then I don't even... I'm trying to think if she was even my actual doctor. That's what I was going to say. I don't think she was. Didn't we have one? Yeah, where there was like an audible called at the end. Because I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I don't remember if it was Simon or Arlo. Yeah. But I do remember feeling like. No, it was definitely Arlo. Why did we even choose a doctor if you're the one delivering? So I've never met this woman. She comes in. She's not actually being very fucking nice to me. And then announces to the room and I'm hemorrhaging. Like, ma'am. (laughs) <laughs> Please leave. Exit. Have some anxiety. Damn. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about that? And I think like really super unfortunate. It's just like the healthcare system in general and like moms and the mortality rate. And and especially like, I mean, we are privileged at least that we don't fall in the category of like women of color who have a much higher mortality. I mean, that, that whole system is so broken yeah. for women to feel safe, taken care of, to have a Heard. calm pregnancy and yeah. delivery and um it's just like in general it just feels like i get that you can't plan when a kid's <clears throat> gonna decide to come out but mom had a terrible delivery story when oh she my god man. have you ever heard the story <clears throat> when she had me one her doctor definitely wasn't there and they thought that they had like they had their pants so far down on their ankles i can't believe mom and dad didn't sue that hospital we would oh, have had a much different life because they would have won <laughs> they literally thought she had been like uh numbed they started cutting into her. So mom was like, I literally knew what it was like to be stabbed. Like literally cut her ass open and she starts screaming because they had not given her any, <laughs> any numbing down there. Oh. Nothing. Yeah, like, that's, huh? Yeah, that's a lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. C-section. It was like, an, uh, my mom like was just like, everybody's so C-section. Sue happy. I'm like, bitch, sometimes you should. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So anywho. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then I felt, you know, like we back to the, the email, I felt like read that. Uh, and related to it um and then the the stuff with um with the sibling obviously is <clears throat> i read that and then i had to read it again like i couldn't because we just didn't have you know we would obviously like you know bicker banter or whatever or like intentionally kind of get on each other's nerves but we were never cruel to each other we never did things to like really humiliate each other outside of like me telling boys that you said they were cute on the phone. You know what I mean? Like, which is, I mean, I know that's embarrassing, <laughs> Yeah, but like truly like to, no, de- I we mean, didn't like, like degrade now. each other. No. You never had your friends come over and like, you razzed me- each other, like, but you never tried to, to destroy me. each other. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's like, um, that's something that's incredibly hard for me to even like wrap my head around. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't even... And and to be on the receiving end of that, to like, one, to inflict that on someone else, but to be on the receiving end of that and and grapple with like how someone could do that. um, That's really... And be cavalier about it on top of it. Yeah. Like, that's that's really sad. The only thing... The thing that I thought was like... You know, he said like, oh, it's something we agreed to. And it's like, I've had to struggle with that myself. It's like... Did I agree to things in my past? It's like, but you're a fucking kid. Yeah. yeah. So that's the whole consent thing is like, yes, but also no. Well, that's you know, like- So that's where from a <laughs> uh, similar but also not situation, it's like I've had to kind of tell myself that, that I, I was a kid. There was no truly understanding of. Um, you know, giving your acceptance to say, I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. Yeah. You go, I feel, I feel like looking back as a kid, there's so much that you can go along with when, especially when either an older sibling or a parent or an uncle, whoever, uh, it, I, kids are malleable, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't, I don't, I hope there is some <clears throat> time to forgive and not not even forgive. That's not the right term, but like absolve yourself of that feeling, yeah. right? Of f- feeling that guilt. Yeah. Well, that was kind of uh, similar to how I responded to him. You know, like, um, <clears throat> because I remember when I first reached out to the person that uh, did what they did to you. Uh, one of the first things that he said was like, well, we were both kids. And I'm like, no, 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 you weren't both kids. Like you were six. This person was not six. They (laughs) weren't eight. They weren't 10. Like they weren't 12. You know, like there's a very different uh, situation when somebody is, when this person is saying, I think he said that he was seven or eight. And the brother that did this with the friend was 10 years older. Mm-hmm. They're still technically a kid. That's old enough. But know. you yeah. you yeah. know why you're laughing. Yeah. You know why you're making this person do this. Yeah. And I was like, but it's so no- like normal and natural as a younger sibling to want your older sibling to think you're cool or to yeah. think that the yeah. older kid in the neighborhood thinks you're cool or will go along with things or whatever. And so you'll do a lot of things that maybe you don't want to do. Because you're not trying to seem like you're a baby or of course you wouldn't do it because you're chicken. And it's like that shit can be so manipulative. Um, And those are tactics that like I look at older kids and I'm like these older like teenagers. And it's like, well, you can use those against little kids to get what you want them to do far easier than, you know, a seven year old could do to another seven year old. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that that's like a. When I reached out to the, the person with you, I think that was such a quick way for him to try to absolve himself. Like, well, we were both kids. And I'm like, actually, yeah. no, you fucking weren't. So, yeah. and you knew you were in a power position and you knew Abs- that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. I was, that was like a, one of those moments, again, where I hope I responded um, in a way that like made sense and didn't just come from a place of, for me, I was just like immediately uh, kind of fueled by like some anger whenever I read that part of his story. Mm-hmm. And I tried to like uh, be thoughtful about the way that I responded <laughs> to it, but it is just, uh, yeah. I think that that's really hard and sad. And mm-hmm. I, 
I can't put myself into a headspace of thinking that that was something I could do to anyone. Uh, but I definitely could never imagine like you and a friend doing that to me or making making me do something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also interesting, like he doesn't, unless I missed it, he doesn't go into detail about like how that, it, it seemed like that came up on his brother's podcast or something. I don't, yeah. I don't when know I, if it's that when I read that, I don't know similar. if it was that or if it was something else. But it's almost like, mm. ooh, you get, you get his name out of your mouth. Like, yeah. like about anything. Yeah. Like, it feels like until there's, uh, you know, a proper apology made, there's no, there is no storytelling. Well, and like um, how hurtful to realize that realistically after all this time like he might not be sorry because he's still making jokes about if not that humiliating thing some other humiliating thing he made you do like that that fucking sucks that fucking sucks and that's where like i don't ever want it to come off like we're telling people what to do or what they should do but if that was me in that situation i could really confidently say i would absolutely be stepping away from that Mm. relationship like if someone is not if I'm bringing to the attention, like, hey, you did something that really hurt me, and mm-hmm. you're not only like not acknowledging that, but you're also still laughing about other shit you did, I'm like, oh, nope. Yeah. I think I'm gonna be done. I'm mm-hmm. gonna walk away. So that was really hard. I hope, uh, I hope if you even wanted to have a conversation, uh, that you're able to get some sense of uh, what to do moving forward with the relationship. I think that your brother would let you know through his uh response what the best course of action is after that you know but um but yeah and then what was the there was one more thing in that story the pet the pet thing hit especially whenever i was reading it thinking about you Mm -hmm. this is so hard it's so hard too i think when you um you know thinking like they've left kind of like the the support system of a family, even if a family, every family has stuff, but like some families have more stuff, but it's still like there is some comfort of like the known versus the unknown. And so you have a support system, you move far away, you get pets. The pets can really become like, for some people, like a very big support system. I think they are just inherently, you know, nurturers. <clears throat> um, they absorb kind of our our energy. But I mean, I know living even in Nashville, a lot of nights, like, I, if I didn't feel like going out and hanging out with friends, it was like, Benji was my company. Benji did, like, all this stuff with me, my little yeah. dog. And so, yeah, I mean, that loss, It's and it's a loss where it's like that unconditional love. And for, I mean, I think dad, you know, has told us, you've mentioned this before, like, if you have two or three good friends when you get older, like, you can count yourself lucky. And it's like, I mean, when you really think about people who unconditionally love you. Or the closest we can get to that in like human with our human nature. Yeah. It's like, man, if you get a taste of that, even from a pet, it's like mm-hmm. that I mean, that is heartbreak. That is heartbreak on a level that I think people who aren't animal people, like they can't really understand it. I mean, we have a grandma who just like doesn't get yeah. really the pet <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um and I don't know, that that's like heartbreaking to think that like they both two. Yeah. 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 My um <clears throat> my mom listens to this podcast. Uh hello Teresa. Ooh, and uh she'll be so tickled that you're on here. Um tickled. But she <laughs> but she mentioned she was listening to the episode where we were talking about um Dexter and my dad and uh 
him like talking to the dogs. Yeah. And uh, she was listening to that part of the podcast. My dad walked by and heard what I was saying about it and uh, shouted out that he still, every time he walks down there, he says hi to all the dogs now because now Dexter's there, Benji's there, Molly is there, like all of the dogs that have passed recently that dad has put down there. Watson's down there. Mm -hmm. Gosh, which Watson's grave had to be about the size of a human grave. That dog is massive. Um, Well, I think that's like the, you know, it's the gift of having a pet and you, you have such affection for them and you feel so loved by them. And you know that like you're the best part of their day. You know what I mean? And it's, so I think like for, you know, mom and dad and for a lot of animal people, it's, I mean, they are a part of your family, Mm. 100%. And when they are gone, you feel that loss. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't even talk. I I could barely talk about Benji for a long time, Mm -hmm. but you know, I could definitely not talk to dad. Yeah. Cause I was just like, Mm -hmm. you could just, I mean, and mom would like, I'm used to mom's emotion because she is, she and I are more similar and we've, we've definitely seen mom cry. Yeah. Even from like when we were younger, dad, dad was like, I haven't seen dad cry that many times. And so mm-hmm. it, if he starts talking about one of the dogs and his eyes start to get all like, well, I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, you guys <laughs> like, stop, mm-hmm. stop right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you got to grieve yours. I got to grieve. I, <laughs> we cannot talk about Benji. We cannot talk about like, I wonder what it is. It's like, I'm sure it's like this for for everyone, but you know that old classic trope of like the the dad in the household is like we're not gonna get that dog, and then they get the dog, and then a week later it's it's the dad's best friend. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a I wonder <laughs> if there's something to that, and like, you know, men typically don't express themselves like women do, or don't say the same uh, quantity of of words in a day that right. women do. Or have other male friends that like give them that affection. So I wonder if there is something to a, a, a puppy that it's like, I'm going to force you to break down this wall and like, I'm going to be sweet and cute, but you don't have to like, you can just receive it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You can just mm-hmm. take it in and you can quietly let your guard down to yourself. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder no, if I there's something like that. Cause I, I also, yeah, when I know I've mentioned it on the podcast before that, when Gibson left, that was like, I've, I've had so many, you know, uh, you know, cousins and family members around me die again, not my mom or my dad or anyone in the close circle yet, thankfully. Yeah. But I do feel like in my family, I've had a lot of death. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you have a big family. I, I do. Have I always said family. like, I was like, is Logan related to everyone? In kind of. It'd be not like, me. <laughs> yeah, I think well, like, we should clarify. <laughs> not related. This episode is brought to you by Ancestry.com. <laughs> yeah, oh <my> God. <laughs> um, but I do remember, you know, that day after or that evening after I had to bury Gibby when it kind of started sinking in. Even to this day, it's one that I think about most frequently. It's the one that I feel the most sentimental about i feel like in the long run has hit me the hardest and it was a dog Mm -hmm. but it was some it was an energy that was there with me in my private times well he was safe he didn't hurt you he didn't yeah he wasn't going to backstab me or 
whatever. Like he was like he was going to be there. The worst he could do is chew up some of my mom's shoes. Like that's all he really you don't did. care about those shoes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he dumped on the floor a couple times, you know, like any dog. But like yeah. other than that, like he was he was good for cuddling and it didn't matter, you know, the cliche. It didn't matter what my day was like. He didn't care. And I think that's a I think that's a strong thing. I think there's a reason humans have had, you know, pets for ever, basically. Yeah. I mean, the Egyptians love their cats. You know, it's like we've there's something to that companionship of a different species, not even just dogs or cats, but other things that you can. Well, okay, even plants. I know some people love to surround themselves with greenery, knowing that they are nurturing this thing Hmm. and giving this thing life. And people talk to their plants. People sing to their plants. So even that, I bet there there has to be some sort of positive psychological effect to having some sort of energy that you feel is giving back to you in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, But I'm not not a scientist in that way. Yeah. I hope that'd be great yeah. if you find out there is some like positive link between that kind of shit. <clears throat> yeah. But I still, I know you're, you're on your, uh, I don't know where you're at once Ezio leaves. And I, I feel like yeah. you're going to say no dogs for a while, which was so weird. Again, it's I know. such a I was 180. Always, I was always, always, always the dog person. And then I think um, we just had so many babies and like me being home with the babies and having to take care of them. Yeah. It's like a dog is now another thing for me to take care of and look mm-hmm. after. And then in the moments when like, oh my God, we can get away for a minute. We can take the kids and go do something fun. It's like, okay, well now I have to figure out what to do with the dogs. Yeah. So it's like, even though the kids will be a little less um, like on me as they get older, well then it's, well then I really want to travel. Then I want to be able to go do yeah. stuff with them and like do cool shit. And I don't want to have to worry about finding somebody to like watch the dogs or feel bad that I'm leaving them all the time. So I think I just want to go into a season of being able to like really do what we want to do and not have to worry about anything that's living outside of our core five, you know? But I think that, I mean, I think once the kids are bigger maybe, or I don't know, I'm sure you'll fucking show me a really cute puppy somewhere and I'll break down about it. But I've just been in this season of like, I need nobody to ask me to clean up another fucking mess, please. <laughs> okay. So um, when Etsy sheds everywhere, I get mad. <laughs> I'm like, this fucking dog. It's not his but fault. I know. Gosh, he's <laughs> he's got such a sweet little face. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Ugh. Um, okay. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on, because I thought it was interesting, uh, is the workplace stuff uh, that he was talking about. Because the way that I read it, if I read it right, it's like he had kind of a toxic workplace and then he took on a different job, but is finding that he would almost prefer to have the toxic workplace, but work with friends and people that he really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I didn't tell you, is he working like more alone now or maybe, remote? It, it yeah. didn't like go into specifics, but um, you haven't had a lot of uh, experience with workplaces because you worked for your dad and then for yourself. And then now mm-hmm. you're like in your current workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't like feel like we have a lot to contribute to that conversation, but I know that you've yeah. had um, you your job has been so cool and that you've been able to work with so many people. And it's like such a kind of project based job that it feels like you probably have experienced far more um, like toxic situations than yeah. us and kind yeah. of how to handle that or um, if you felt like. 
when yeah. you had stepped away from those jobs, but maybe when you were teaching, it was like maybe a less toxic workplace, but there were struggles in other ways, or maybe that also was um, yeah. toxic as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because it's like, um, I mean, work, it, having a job is like by nature, you're, I just think about like a group project in school. And I'm going to tell you nothing I hated more on a syllabus was <laughs> anything that had a group project associated mm. with it. Cause it was like, well, that's funny. Cause you're the name everybody wanted on their list. All yeah, right. They're like, she don't do all the work. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think by nature, a work environment is just, it's kind of like, it's just waiting for something bad to happen, right? Like, it's like, unless you have people at the top who are very, like, proactive and thoughtful about managing relationships and they want to manage relationships and they want to, I mean, it, it can just get bad fast. And yeah. I have definitely had the weirdest resume in, like, yeah. in the best way. But, I mean, I've worked for really large corporations. I've worked at a university that was, I mean, very different than I've worked on freelance teams all over the country. I mean, I've just worked in all of these different scenarios and I've worked with a lot of different personality types. Um, in the entertainment industry, you deal with a lot of yeah, a lot of personality types. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. I think that when I hear that, I immediately think like most jobs have some level of just like, ugh, about them. But then there is like, when you start talking about toxic, it's like, it's a... It, it's a pendulum, right? I mean, it's like, it's going to be a little bit, it can be a lot. Yeah. And I've had jobs where I've been sexually harassed. I've had jobs where I've been like really sexually harassed. I've had jobs where I've been, you know, harassed by parents over the grades I gave their kids. And like, that wasn't, that was just more like verbal harassment. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's been all over the spectrum for sure. And I think that the thing I latched onto in that email was, God, if you can work with friends, it really is like, yeah, dude, it's the best. It's the best deal because unless the environment is like really bad, um, there is just such a comfort of having that community because you spend so many hours mm -hmm. at work. Yeah. And I have been both blessed and like a little bit cursed in the way that like once you have it, you only want it that way. But yeah. I worked freelance for so long that. I just worked with my friends. Like we, we hired the people that we liked to work with that were good at their job. Mm -hmm. And we all got along because we were cool hangs. Yeah. And we cared about our job. Yeah. And so it was like the best way to do a group project. Right. Um, Cause you were like hand selecting the team you were working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if you do that, it really doesn't matter if your client's like a total nut or the, you know, goes to hell in a handbasket and there's a tornado rolling through your <laughs> your shoot mm -hmm. set or like whatever. It doesn't matter because you're at least with your friends. Yeah. So um, I don't know. And I think like it also, d depending on what type of work environment you're in, like I've worked in a lot of environments that were really stressful for someone who, probably stressful for anyone, I guess, but like especially someone like me who like just really wants to do a good job. And when so many things are out of your control, you're like, oh, but I could have got that one other thing better, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I've also just really needed to rely on my team because I needed to know that they were, you know, everything was going to go okay. Especially like on a live shoot, you have, I mean, you have to like trust the team you're with. So I can't even imagine that. To like a live <laughs> shoot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh -oh. Um, yeah. Do you think the team on the, um, the love is blind finale that they did live? Do you think that that team was probably having their worst nightmare 
I'm trying to go, oh, when all the technical issues happened. When it was supposed to happen. Dude, and, and then it was like, like hours and hours and hours late. And then it actually just ended mm. up not being live. Dude, because some, somebody definitely was like in the bathroom throwing up. Like having like <laughs> just like, yeah, no, that was, dude, that was mm. painfully bad. It was, so, was bad. so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember it was on Netflix, right? Yeah. It was supposed to be a live premiere of some kind. Yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. the first time they'd ever tried a live thing. And, and then they had like people that they had like wrong. asked from previous seasons to go on like Twitter and like kind of like, I don't know, moderate or whatever. And like, mm. it, and they were like, we don't know what to say. Like, mm. yeah, it was, <laughs> it was so uncomfy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really yeah. fun to watch it though. Like yeah. as it was happening. I was all over TikTok that night because people were like live streaming Dude, it, it was, you know? It was funny. And people were more like just the... More hours that passed, people were like, is this literally happening or is yeah. it not happening? Like also that, I mean, that oh, was just man. like really bad choice on their end. Like there or, was like, no some reason people it was working like. in like certain areas, but then yeah. not working. So then they stopped making it work for those people too. It was oh my God, yeah. such a shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's not even what this podcast is about. But no. um, but yeah, I uh I just think that like I know that you have talked about your job a little bit with me, but I am excited about the idea that like we um we actually are going to be like working on something together that yeah. we've never we've also never done but um cuz i'm so interested to hear about like your job and all the things that you've yeah. done and the stuff that you've experienced because i feel like a lot of times i'll catch like the quick oh my god listen to this yeah things but i'm sure there are also like thousands of things at this point you're like i literally can't even retell you what what has happened i'm just like over it i can't talk about it yeah well i think it's like funny like if you work um if you work freelance you just there isn't like really no mundane routine thing yeah so it's not like it's like oh every day like 80 percent of my day is gonna probably be the same and so there's like not much to share it's like no there's usually something like something ridiculous going on somewhere yeah um but and then you work long days like 12 hours and then if yeah. you get on like a music video set like those things are like overnight shoots and that's like when you know hell in a handbasket like it's like oh lord here we go yeah um so yeah i think it's like so many things pile up and then if you don't talk to somebody for a few days it's like did i tell them that thing like i don't even remember what day it is like i don't know so yeah mm-hmm. i think it'll be funny just to see like what kind of surfaces or stories resurface yeah well, it's funny, too, because there were a couple of times when I lived in Indiana that uh, you were able to hire me to work as like a PA for yeah. different things because um, Jen's had a really cool job I for a long time. Yeah, so I'll actually we'll just let you kind of scroll through kind of okay. your job journey. Yes, I'll give it. the. Yeah, I went to Nashville to work specifically on music videos. Um which is very niche. I almost, my major was almost music videos because you could make your own major. At oh, I didn't at the know time, that. Which I'm like thankful I didn't do that. But anyways, I went to Nashville, kind of stumbled into this opportunity to take photos on set because people didn't have social media teams at the time. It was like, because I'm old. Um, and so... 67, right? I had 67, <laughs> yes. So I would like go, and I had a camera and I like was self-trained. I mean, I always had a camera growing up. Like that's what I spent my allowance on was film and... Um, and so I, I like knew my way around a camera. I had taken senior pictures for like a handful of people, but suddenly I was Logan. Based, yeah, I did. Logan. I did. Oh, I had the um, classic uh, guitar on the back down the yeah. train track. Yes, you Come did. On, yeah. You did. Oh yeah, we'll have to find some of those. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I like knew my way around a camera and was interested in <clears> photography, <throat> but basically 
stumbled into like a bizarre scenario where it was like, hey, we have all these like really famous people coming on set and you have a camera and you could do BTS. And then the record labels were like, hey, can we get those photos? And it was so suddenly I was like photographing famous people. I remember the first (laughs) one that you sent to me that I was like a little starstruck about was um, the main guy from Backstreet Boys, Brian Brian. Luttrell. Yeah. When he was trying to do some like solo stuff. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so freaking cool. And then you did something with Leanne Rimes and had her like sign a picture and Uh gave it to me and even had my name on it. And it's silver Sharpie. Yeah, we got that somewhere, too. Yeah, it's floating around. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. And then Um, you got to work with like people that I feel like were like really early in their fame, but like you worked with Carrie Underwood, you worked with Taylor Swift, you had a video, a I music say, video. Taylor Swift did a video in your apartment. Yeah. 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 That's with Kelly Pickler. That's right? what I'm saying. Like weird, weird things have kind of navigated their way through my, yeah, right. <laughs> through my work uh, situation. Yeah. We had, um, that, that was the best. Cause it was a video, Taylor Swift, Kelly Pickler. And they had this, uh, the storyline, like there was this apartment and it was like the trashy girlfriend and and it was like all the, like the just bad furniture and the bad design and it they used all of our personal furniture like, and de- ah. oh <laughs> and then we're doing what we can okay and then the art department <laughs> brought in like a whole literal new like set yeah um for the other for like the nice apartment um and the nice girlfriend <laughs> so that's fine it was basically it was Kelly Pickler's it was called uh best day of your life so i think it was like if you had stayed with me yeah like right. i had the best day. the best days of your yeah. life yeah oh uh, i remember you know that it's funny that about this so i have like funny. the worst memory but i swear at the time i need to go back and like google this i think kelly pickler had like a really weird animal like a niche like not like a small monkey but it was like some weird animal <laughs> yeah that was in my bedroom oh that's funny oh i remember that Taylor Swift left a hair extension yeah. at your house. I remember. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. And, and you're it, like, Kate, it's one of Taylor Swift's hair extensions. You should get that shit. Yeah, I was like, Maybe that's that. hysterical. I don't yeah. even remember. Oh, that. yeah. You could have sold that thing. Yeah. Probably yeah. just ended up in the trash. <laughs> <It was> foolish. <laughs> that thing's worth millions. Taylor, yeah. send us another one. <laughs> um, yeah. So we did. Yeah. So a lot of weird things can happen. Honestly, yeah, listen, there's know. a lot of weird stories to share if you have, you know, <laughs> yeah. a possible monkey in your house. I don't even remember what it was. But, um, yeah, I did that for a bit. What else did I do? I, I quit that. You did commercial elementary stuff for school. a while, too. I did commercials. Yeah, you did CMTs for a bit, right? Like you would... Oh, uh, like the red did carpet. You, oh did you God. literally interview on the CMT red carpet one year? <laughs> it was not It was not the CMT awards. It was, um, it was a different... It was two different awards. E-Network called, and they wanted a field producer. And I was like, oh, I can be a field producer. And then I was like, so who's your host? And they're like, oh, we didn't hire a host. And I'm like, well, I'm not a host. They're like, baby, yeah, you are. Baby, yeah, you are. Actually. And listen, they put me out on the red card. I mean, awkward. <laughs> awkward. It'd be like putting me on a red card. Like, no, dude. Well, we- I didn't know who anybody was. That was like the the like <laughs> hilarity of me working in the entertainment industry. I didn't know who anybody was. Yeah. yeah. I do remember you calling me after that, though, and you're like, Kate, Nicole Kidman is like scary pretty in yeah. real life. I was like, like it's like ethereal. It's like, doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but they didn't, and they didn't give me anything. Like and that was like Moulin Rouge days. Yeah. She Girl. was like <laughs> popping at that moment. You were like, yeah, yeah. I saw her. <laughs> yeah. So they literally, oh my God, that might be one of my favorite like work stories, but that job, I didn't know at the time what standard practice is to give someone like, hey, here's the book of all the people we know are coming. So that mm-hmm. you like know when they come down. Not caught off guard. Yeah. When they come down the red carpet, <laughs> you like know who they are. And that was like right when Wiz Khalifa came on the scene. I didn't, I, and I was like, who's that guy? And they're like, Wiz. And I'm like, what? I don't even have to say the name again. Like, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but there was a girl next to me who actually like did it for a living. There was even like the the actual people. Like they're like the people you'd recognize. I mean, I don't know what their names are, but like like the, the actual reporters, you mean? Like yeah. the actual journalists. I remember I went and bought a fancy this is so so funny. <laughs> I went and bought like a really fancy outfit from Nordstrom and like kept all the tags on and then returned it afterwards. So like, I didn't have anything yeah. to wear. Like <laughs> they were like wearing like fancy gowns yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Um, but this woman like lost her shit when Nicole came and came down. She's like, I watched Moulin Rouge. She stepped out on the red carpet in the middle of the red carpet. She's like, I watched Moulin Rouge last night. You're just so, and, she, and Nicole came and literally left the red carpet. Oh. Yeah, dude, it was bad. How so. dare you say that that's your favorite work story and not the one that I got to PA on where there were cats in the walls. Okay, that's actually what I was going to say. So this is like how like you can miss out on, you could miss out on a handful of really great stories. Kate, we were shooting, I feel it was in Kentucky. Yeah. I feel like even worse. Uh, I mean, Kentucky's fine. But we were, <sighs> the, what I'm about to say is, is really bad. There were a lot of a lot of cats in this house. So many so that they were in like kitty prison. Remember, mm-hmm. we, we walked in the house and the smell of ammonia was so strong oh, yeah. that you were like, your eyes were burning. Oh, yeah. And in typical practice, what you're supposed to do is like, it's called a location scout where you yeah. like go and you like... Make sure the people have power and that they don't have, you know, 100 cats locked in a jail in their basement. (laughs) Um, But our client was providing the home. And so we were just supposed to show up and we were filming stuff, whatever. When you walked in the house, it was like, oh, my God, there's a lot of urine in this house. (laughs) And other than Mm -hmm. one cat turd on the floor in the kitchen, there was no sign of a cat. There were no litter boxes. There were no kitty cats. Yeah. And it was weird. It was weird. I vaguely remember this. And then we went down to the basement and we opened the doors for something and it was like kitty jail. It was just like all these like yeah. racks and, and cats. And, and then there were like some, they had those um, ceiling tiles that are like almost like in the high schools, you know, yeah, like, like the drop out. ceiling. Drop ceiling, yeah. It's like a cat, like we like heard ugh, one. Ugh. Dude, it was, that, there was literally like a wall vent and a cat came up to it and we're like, that thing is in the walls. Like, that it was, was like, the weirdest. Hey, we're here to shoot shit. a music video. This is yeah. hoarders. <laughs> like, yeah. Wrong show. It was wild. Yeah, that was, um, yeah. I wonder truly how many cats were in that house. Hard to say. I mean, and then the woman just... calls after and she's like, how did this shoot? And we were like, we're like, what do you even say? We had to, like, we had to, Leave early. Like, well, ma'am, there were a lot of cats, so that would have been <laughs> um, nice. I'm um, like, are you okay? Because, like, mm-hmm. that can't be good to breathe that air. Oh, yeah. It's not good for anybody. Oh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I have weird work. Weird work. Issue. Yeah. And why it's important to work with friends. Because, like, listen, if you're going to be in, like, cat purgatory, you want to be there with friends. <laughs> yeah. Right? You don't want to be there with, like, you know, Joan down the hall who, you know, eats with her mouth open. It's yeah. like. I need some, yeah. like, my folks around me. Mm-hmm. I need somebody else to look around and recognize how absolutely fucking absurd this is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Not normal. This is great. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. My boss now. Um, so I'm trying to think why that was. It was the day that Trump got elected. Because do you remember I was sick? Maybe that was a different job that you came out with me on. It was a different job. The one okay. when, when the night that Trump got elected was a different job. I had gotten sick with like a migraine. So I PA'd for like half the day and then I literally went upstairs. Well, it's because you had also stayed up all night with April watching the election. We Mm -hmm. went to dinner. I left the work, the client dinner the night before the shoot and was like throwing up. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I woke up the next morning, didn't know that Trump had won. Mm. You had stayed up all night with my boss at the time and told her that she was like a fucking idiot or yeah, something. Yeah, at, at one, one point, point I, like, it was horrifying. At one point, I accidentally said, and these fucking idiots. And she was like, well, that was me. And I was like, oh, yay. Uh-oh. And you're, she doesn't even like people to cuss, which you had told me beforehand, and it just slipped. And so I not only 
insulted her, but I also said dumb motherfuckers, which I don't even use MF together often. Yeah. But I, I we were saying an Airbnb did. together. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you like to work with friends and you like to not work with Kate. <laughs> uh, with your boss. <laughs> Ew, I'm just kidding. I need lots of warnings. Okay. I need yeah. lots of reminders of what not to say because I will. I do remember you, before you left that shoot with a migraine, I think you saved our ass though because something had happened with our prop stylist or our food stylist and you ended up doing like I the ended food up, styling. Yeah. I went to the grocery store and picked out all the foods that would look and, like good. laid it out. And, yeah. So listen. They're like, hey, we Fun. need it to look like a taco night or something. And I was like, bet. I knew, <laughs> all, the good ta- I knew all the good taco ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> bet. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, wow. my boss time. now, <clears throat> um, his profile picture is literally a picture of some photoshopped. It was like, I, it was like a cat from the it's, it's in <laughs> reference to that shoot so when he calls that picture always comes up and I'm really like yeah those poor so cats funny. I hope they're okay oh my gosh yeah uh, well before we get out of here are you going to you briefly mentioned the project are you going to maybe talk a little bit more about it yeah yeah I, y'all are going to hear it here first um, but so Jen uh, had this very cool job uh, left it at one point to go back to school and teach because um, Jen is a giver. She's a caretaker. And she was someone that wanted to have a career where she felt like she was giving back and not shooting videos in cat houses. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But but Jen also at the time, you know, she worked in a school system for a few years, right? Yeah. Three years in a private school and one year in a public school. Yeah. Um, But Jen was single at the time and, um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. unfairly, it's just really hard to survive on a teacher's salary when you're yeah. a single person. You don't have anybody else helping you pay bills in the household. Um, and so that's when you went back into uh, producing in the entertainment industry. Um, and so you've kind of had this on your mind for a while to like have another project where you feel like you can kind of. Yeah, I feel like, like for me, there was either like, okay, survive and like be able to pay your bills and feel like financially secure. Important things that people deserve to have. Unfortunately. And and like some kind of like giving back because I think the thing for me is um, we came from a small town where like we were encouraged to go to college by our guidance counselors and like that was like a thing, but there wasn't, it was kind of like the, the job options were like very like, hey, here are your, you know, 10 career paths, right? Yeah. And like for people... Like, like us, especially like Logan, like it's like, hey, I don't really fit in that box. Yeah. And so I had these like big dreams and I had parents who were very like, very encouraging of us in the sense of they would lay out all of the like safety parameters of like, hey, like you need to be mindful of this and you mindful of this. But it wasn't they were never like, you can't do that. Like, right. Um, and so mm. I felt like. I had enough support to just be like, I can go kind of chase this crazy dream. And so, yeah, I moved to Nashville. And then and things just, I had all these doors open for me. And they were open for me by people who were willing to take a little bit of time, offer me a little bit of an opportunity. And then that snowballed into something else. And so I've always just been looking for like, how do I have a career that I feel really good about the work that I'm doing? And I feel like it matters and it's giving back to communities, giving back to people who... Um, need a platform, who deserve a platform, who one of my most favorite projects that I've worked on recently is um, with the Special Olympics. So like Mm -hmm. 
that that project was so cool. And I was just like, this is like when I feel like my heart's on fire. It's like, okay, like I'm doing something. And these these kids will never forget this experience. Yeah. And it just hits a little bit differently than like, and I, I'm so thankful for the music videos I worked on, the red carpets, all those things. But like, yeah, like the Carrie Underwoods of the world, they don't need one extra nice photo. They, she has so many photos where she looks yeah. like a hot babe. Like she doesn't need one more photo. Yeah. And so um, just trying to find that intersection of like, how do I, as a professional woman, have financial security, have a job that's consistent, <laughs> and then also like feel like I'm still giving back. And so this idea had kind of come across my mind of like, the thing I know I have is I have access to a lot of really, pe- like people who have really cool jobs and who have done amazing things and come from um, entirely different backgrounds. Yeah. And so, um, like, how do we connect people like that? One, just in a storytelling capacity to be like, how did that person get there? Um, but also like as a support system, as a community to say, if somebody's really interested in X thing, that they have someone, some way to ask questions, mm-hmm. someone who could help them write a recommendation letter, get a recommendation letter, mm-hmm. apply for a job, um, get their foot on a set. And so it was funny, like I had this idea before you guys ever even talked about Broken Youth Club, but I was just like, I can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how to do a podcast. And it, it yeah. that was so like silly because I knew you guys knew how to do it. Yeah. I knew you knew how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just was kind of like, I don't know, you just like have a thought and you're like, that'd be like cool to do. And you just like kind of put it on the back burner. And then you guys do your podcast and I was like, this is really amazing what they're doing. And they can, they can still do it and they have their kids upstairs. So like, it must be like, yeah. Logan can figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. And so we started talking and that's kind of like where the idea kind of stemmed from of um, how do we get the, how do we provide that community yeah. for people? Yeah. So we're starting another podcast, y'all. <laughs> and um, we are 98% sure it's going to be called the Adventure Club. And um, we just want to uh, hear about people's big adventures, help people go on their big adventures And I think also the podcast itself is another example of like, it's a dream for you that felt a little far-fetched, a little uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, like if you want to do something, you just go for it, right? You still have, you still have a job that pays your bills and does the things. Logan still has a job that pays his bills, does the things, but like we can do this too. Yeah. And maybe someday this pops off and is the only thing we need and maybe it doesn't, but like it feels mm-hmm. good to do it. We do yeah. Broken Youth because it feels good to do it. It feels mm-hmm. healing for us. And at this point, it feels really important to continue to show up for people that are listening in and writing in to us all the time. Yeah. Uh, the Facebook group is so special to us. Mm-hmm. And so when Jen kind of approached us about this, it was like, why wouldn't we want to do that? Why wouldn't yeah. we want to bring in people that are in this community that would, you know, benefit from the idea of like having a an, an, another side community of people that are just helping lift mm-hmm. each other up in a way of like, go after those big dreams, yeah. go after those big adventures yeah, um, and offer resources to do that. You know, my mm-hmm. hope is people can get resources from the guests that we bring on because that will be a guest-based podcast. Um, And Jen has some really cool people lined up to be part of that. Um, I hope that those guests are able to provide resources, but then also I'm sure we will start a separate Facebook group. And I hope would love to see people in there also providing resources like, Hey, my job's hiring and it's a really great place to work. And this is what it looks like. Or, Hey, I 
just heard about this thing over here or I just got hired on here and they really loved this part of my mm. resume. Like I would love to kind of just create a community for people so that you can know that you can have a job or a side a side thing that I don't even want to call it a side hustle because I don't want it to be a thing where you feel like you have to do it because you can't, you know, you have a job that isn't supporting you enough or whatever. But it's like you can have these also like side passion projects. Yeah. Um, and and nothing's off the table. You know, if we would have looked at even our lives in high school, like you would have never thought that you could have had the job that you have now because living in a place where we grew up in the Midwest there were, like you mentioned, really kind of like 10 to 15 jobs that you could kind of expect yeah. the the vast majority of your classmates to go into. Yeah. And those jobs are incredible and important, too. And I think that, you know, if people really love to do those things, then I am so happy that they love to do that. I think that for you, it was really hard to imagine what you could love doing because nothing fell into those parameters. Yeah. And so yeah. then it was like, well, how do I do my own thing? And then you hustled for a really long time at a job that you didn't feel super passionate about, but it made sense to get us to the next place, you know, and now you have a job that you do really love and you've gotten to like learn all of these new skills from that. So um, I'm excited to kind of we're working on a lot of the back end stuff right now. Mm -hmm. We don't for sure have a a date where everything's going to launch. Um, we'll kind of keep everybody posted. Okay. We'll hopefully have um, our socials come up in the next few weeks uh, so people can follow us yeah. directly from that. Um, but that'll be a project where Jen and I host and then uh, Logan will be producing and editing and yeah, all, help, the things. <clears throat> all the things. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with it. And if mm -hmm. nothing else, it's an extra hour a week that I get to step away from being a mom and like just have time with you which i don't yeah. feel like we get consistently yeah so yeah. um so yeah and then outside of that you know we'll have guests on most of the time but there will also be other episodes where we just talk about jen and i's own personal adventures which are very different um yeah. and they won't even just it won't just be career although like i feel like a lot of the people i'll be bringing on like their stories tie into their career and that's how i've i've crossed paths with them yeah but also just even like Dude, just like life, like we get, we know for sure, we get one, one, one go at this, one go at this on planet earth. And yeah. it's just like, I am really passionate about like, dude, what like lights you on fire? Because mm -hmm. let's get after it. You know, like that's, yeah. that, that is the big adventure. And if that's being a mom and, and some people are like, I want to have eight kids and I want to, you know, look cool. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah. people who are doing that and love that. If that's, mm -hmm. I want to travel. Let's talk about it. Like, and like also just be entertained. Everything's just so heavy yeah. right now. I feel like anything we can do to like uplift and enlighten and just like, okay, yeah. like let's just take a breath together um, yeah. and talk about like good things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so. very excited. And congratulations. This is your first. We didn't even do it like a test run. Oh, thanks. This yeah. is your first on mic experience. Uh, I mean, here, I mean, right? I did break the in-ear piece. Yeah, okay. she did break an in-ear before we got in here, so we don't have those in today. <laughs> Within the first 10 seconds. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for being here. This thanks, is like, yeah. cool. We have toyed with the idea of whether or not we would have guests, and this <laughs> is a fun little intro to that, and we'll see yeah. you know, as this goes up on um, yeah. you know, how we can make that work. Uh, it's obviously easiest to do it with family right now because those are the people that come out and visit us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we would love to yeah, entertain we'll this idea. 
yeah. more in the future. But um, but yeah, we're gonna we've been hearing the kids bang around for the last little bit, so we should probably <laughs> wrap it up. But um, if you are not in the Facebook group, we would love to see you in there. Highly recommend it. Um, you can just search Broken Youth Club on Facebook. Um, it's a private group, so it's you know safe space and everybody in there is really really great mm -hmm. uh if you have a story you'd like to sit in um you can send that to my life at brokenyouthclub.com uh if you're more comfortable telling us your story rather than writing it out we do have the hotline uh you can leave a three minute message on that logan will have the phone number on the screen for that because we can never remember it fully right. ourselves. We, we always have it in the description as well. <laughs> and then also let's not forget about our decorate a tree. Yes. Thing. Were you going to mention that? I was okay, going to mention good. that. Good. I was going to let you mention that because I didn't want to do the whole no, outro myself. Right. But yeah. uh, it's it, we want to make sure that oh do you want to pull up the PO box or do you just want to put it in the description? Well, I don't know what that PO box is. Right? There it is. Oh yeah. One. one you no, know, I don't want to <laughs> say it and be wrong. Uh, it's PO box one fifteen. Uh, Spokane Valley, Washington, 99037. Mm -hmm. If you want to send in a homemade ornament or even just an ornament that you see out in public that you think is funny or cute or hits yeah. you in a sentimental kind of way, um, if you would like to send those in, um, we're super excited to get a little tree and decorate it up with you mm -hmm. guys. Uh, yeah, we are going to put a couple in here. Just be sure yeah. to sign and uh, date. Yeah, please sign and date the ornament that you send in just so that we can look back on that and smile like we do at the ornaments the kids have made over yeah. the years. Um, and then we're going to live stream uh, opening all of those up on December 3rd. So mm -hmm. if you want to mark your calendar for that, that'll mm -hmm. be a sweet little thing. We're just going to have some hot chocolate and Christmas music and we'll have the rest of the set decorated before yeah. then because I'm itching to get that going. But uh, But yeah, we'll save the tree for... December 3rd so mm -hmm. yeah otherwise I think I think that's it we'll stumble on out yeah so <laughs> thanks so much for being here we love you we appreciate all the support and uh, okay love you bye bye